chapter 17, 1 Kings chapter 17 tonight. Amen. Let me see if I can get you a Bible uh, page there. 1 Kings chapter 17. That'd be page 411. 411. 1 Kings chapter 17. 1 Kings chapter 17. Find your place, say, Amen. Amen. And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. Now I want you, if you're accustomed to marking your Bible, I want you to mark the next statement. And the word of the Lord came unto him. If you highlight or mark your Bible, you would do well to mark that statement. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Get thee hence, and turn thee eastward, and hide thyself by the brook Cherith, that is before Jordan. And it shall be, that thou shalt drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. So he went and did according unto the word of the Lord, for he went and dwelt by the brook Cherith, that is before Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning, and bread and flesh in the evening, and he drank of the brook. Now here is the text verse where I want to bring our thought. And it came to pass, after a while, that the brook dried up, because there had been no rain in the land. Tonight, with the help of God, I want to preach on, when your brook dries up, or this thought here, finding God in the dry places. Finding God in... In the dry places. Let's go to the throne of grace. I want to ask Aaron Gossens if he would lead us to the throne of grace. Amen. You can be seated. There had been no rain for six months when this man of God comes on the scene. And Elijah says, Ahab, if you think it's been bad for the last six months, it's not going to rain again until I say it rains. It didn't rain for the next three years. I wonder tonight, have you ever in your spiritual life found yourself in a dry place? Have you found yourself in a place to where water in the Bible is a type of the Word of God? Standing waters, the type of the Word of God. That's the reason why in Psalms the Bible says, 
He leads me beside still waters. Running water in the Bible is the type of the Holy Spirit of God. If you'll find any time there's a, a running water mentioned in the Bible, it talks about cleansing, washing. Well, the Holy Spirit of God's ambassador at that. But have you ever found yourself in a very dry place, in a dry time? And we find in this story, that's exactly where they find themselves. The people of God, and by the way, this was the people of God, had chosen to worship Baal instead of Jehovah God. God said, you know, he said, I'm, I'll be faithful to my covenant. I'm a little loud, or at least I'm a little loud to myself. So turn me down just to be a third. Thank you, son. And um, perhaps we, we find here that he, uh, we, we, God said, I, I'm faithful to keep my covenant. I'm faithful to do my part. But I want you to understand something. I can never reward sin or disobedience. By the way, tonight, folks, God never will reward sin or disobedience from any one of us. You say, but I don't... What we believe or think and doesn't change that. And well, sometimes I wish maybe it would, but it doesn't. And the reality is that God is still got the knob of the, of the waters of His blessings, and God still got the, the, the knob, if you will, of the rain. Aren't you glad tonight? Aren't you glad tonight we don't control the rain? Aren't you glad tonight we don't, we'd, have a, we'd make a mess of it? It'd be, it'd be like a church I read, they was, they was complaining so much about the cold, so the pastor went in, and... Uh, and, and on every, down the, down the aisles of every, on the sides of the church, he put in fake knobs. And he said, if you get hot, you just reach over there and turn it down in your section. And they had knobs up down that wall, none down that wall. And so ever so often, these people, all the time, turning the knob down or turning the knob up. And you know what? He never heard another complaint about it. There and the heat didn't change. Boy, could you imagine if we, if God, we, if we control the weather, why we'd go outside. I, I can see it now. They'd be one little old square out there in the parking lot. He'd be 120 degrees. Another little spot, he'd be 40 degrees. And, uh, I, I mean, one, one spot, there'd be snow. Another spot, they would, they would be just sunshine. It'd be the awfulest mess ever was. But I do want you to know this. God controls the business. He controls His business. The greatest truth tonight, the greatest truth tonight that you and I could get a hold of is this. That God's in charge of this business. Man thinks He is. Man thinks He can manipulate. Man thinks He can make this happen or that happen. And I'm going to be very just as sincere as I know how to be. God can buckle your world in a heartbeat and put you in a dry place. We find they were here and because of their disobedience, they have found themselves. And Now, I love this. In verse 2, God says, 
Okay, Elijah, go hide yourself. Then later on, he gives the commandment, go show yourself. So I want you to understand tonight, it doesn't matter what God wants you to do. The key is that you be obedient in doing it. But tonight, I want to talk about this thing of finding yourself in a dry place. I see as God says to Elijah, first of all, the Bible says, And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying... Now that word of the Lord tells me something. That tells me that the place that God has for Elijah's a sovereign place. What do I mean by sovereign place? He means it's a place of his choosing. I, I, oh, you'll get a hold of this tonight. It will, it will absolutely change your world. I'm not here to, I, I am thrilled to be in Solid Rock Baptist Church, have no desire to be anywhere else, but that's not the reason I'm here. If that's the reason I'm here, what do I do when I'm not thrilled? What do I do when I don't want to be here? I am so thrilled to be in Solid Rock Baptist Church. There's no church in the world I'd rather be in. But that's not the reason I'm here. I'm here because God on a Sunday morning, one Easter down here in a little white church, on a front pew, there was four preachers, and uh, I'm just going to go on. Four preachers, and uh, that morning, and I know God didn't speak audibly, so I'm I, I'm not hearing voices, but I know God is. But just assured, God said, one day you'll pastor this church. And then just six months later, I thought, Lord, that's a, by the way, that's a cruel thing to do to an impatient person. That is almost, that's like saying, that's like Dad said, I'm going to whip you and then put you in the bedroom for four hours. The four hours is worse than the whipping. Say amen. And in October, God, and I knew. So you know why I'm here? Because it's a sovereign place for me. It's a place of His choosing. Greatest thing that you'll ever get a hold of in your life, are you listening? Is, are you in the sovereign place of God? Place of His choosing. There's no other place to be. Because in this place, God's going to send some ravens and God put Him beside a brook. By the way, there's drought in the land. Nobody can find water. Nobody has water, but isn't it amazing? God knew where the water was. And He put Him right beside of a brook. And He would go out there and get a drink of water when He wanted it. And, I, and the ravens brought him bread and flesh every day. Can I, let me just stop here. And, and, and I'm not going to be arrogant. I'm really not. But I was reading the commentary and said, Well, you know, those ravens didn't really bring meat to Elijah because that meat would have given him salmonella. And, I, and uh, I'm serious. And I'm sitting here reading this thing. And I said, You know, hey, hey dude. 
You just need to read your Bible. The Bible says he brought him bread and brought him flesh. And I, you say, did he cook it? I don't know what. He might have got bread and sushi. Who knows? I know this. God sustained him in a sovereign place. And the greatest place he could possibly be was in the sovereign place of God. I'm so, The greatest place tonight that you and I can be is where God put you. You say, but preacher, no, no, no. You said, but what about so-and-so left? You know, let's let, let's let them and God deal with that. When I get to heaven, Brother Joe, I, I, God's not going to say, I'm going to say, but God... God's going to say, hey, we're not talking about them. Let's just talk about you. And trust me, that's going to be enough to talk about. Because it is a sovereign place. And there's nothing greater. Nothing greater. You understand, Elijah <coughs> would have been like everybody else in the same mess as everybody else had he not been in the sovereign place of God. Can I ask you a question? Show me where else... God used ravens to feed. Show me where else birds is dropping food in this story. He's not dropping at Ahab's house. There's no water. They're looking. They're searching. They're, they're seeking. They're looking for that. What I want you to understand tonight, God moves him into a sovereign place. And there's nothing greater tonight Nothing, oh, if I could pick you up and shake you till your brains rattled, I would, I would tell you, there's nothing like being in the sovereign place of God. Second thing, it was a secret place. I love that. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Get thee hence and turn thee eastward and hide thyself by the brook Cherith that is before Jordan. Boy, how he must have chuckled. Said, that crazy preacher, he said it wasn't going to rain for three years. And uh, that crazy preacher don't know what he's talking about. Man, that's the most foolish thing I've ever heard. It's never ceased to rain. But one day turned into a week, turned into a month, turned into a year. Crops are drying up. Animals are dying. And all of a sudden, the kingdom's in a drought. And all of a sudden, he begins to realize, that crazy preacher, man, he's troubling us. I'll kill him if I get out of a chance. And don't miss this. Him and Ahab, they would have killed him if they got to have a chance. And we find here that God said, but I have a secret place to put you. And I want you to know, God... It's going to get Ahab's attention. And God knew Ahab would seek revenge, not repentance. So God literally took Elijah and put him in a secret place. Elijah was on Ahab's most wanted list. Top of the line. And he gave a description. And if you see him, let me know. Bible says in 1 Samuel 19, 2, I read another time. Saul, he had uh, 
was being given the kingdom. And because he had disobeyed God, God had took his hand off of Saul and put it on a little shepherd boy by the name of David. And Saul had a son by the name of Jonathan. And Jonathan just loved David. Well, they just, their hearts mended from day one. Matter of fact, Jonathan gives him his sword, his shield, literally saying, listen, if it comes down to me being king or you're king, you're already king in my eyes. And literally, he was, he was, he was giving him the whole uh, king caboodle. But one day, David said, Jonathan, your daddy's out to kill me. Jonathan said, no, daddy ain't out to kill you. He said, oh, yes, he is. He said, let's test it. So what they did was, David said, I'm not going to come to supper time. See how your daddy reacts. First day, Saul didn't say a word. Second day, Saul said, where's David? Jonathan said, he's went to sacrifice to his God. Saul said, I'll kill him. I dare him disrespect me and do that. I'll kill him. And Jonathan knew right then. But guess where God had put David? And Jonathan saw son delighting much in David. And Jonathan told David, saying, Saul, my father seeketh to kill thee. Now therefore, I pray thee, take heed to thyself in the morning and abide in a secret place and hide thyself. Psalms 91 one said, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I got a message I want to preach, and, and I've got so many messages I want to preach. It's unbelievable. I, I got one I want to preach on becoming the lion's lunch. Becoming the lion's lunch. How many of you realize we got an adversary, an enemy? Satan's roaring lion. How many of you understand he would kill you if he got half a chance? How many of you understand he'll kill your testimony if he gets half a chance? How many of you understand he'll destroy your marriage, your home, your family, your children? How many of you understand he'll devour you if he gets half a chance? How many understand that? I'm going to ask you a question. How many of you are a candidate to take on a line? Let me give you this. No, I'm wanting to preach this. I, so next time you hear it, you act like, wow, that's the most exciting thing. All right. But a full-grown Aztec male lion is around eight feet in length. He's four foot from the ground to the top of his shoulders. He'll go somewhere between 550 to 600 pounds. You count his tail. His tail is usually from three to four feet long. He'll average some work full length from the head to the end of his tail. Some of they have they have recorded them as, as big as twelve feet in length. Let me ask you a question. How many of you can take on the line? You know what the most greatest thing God does? When you're in the sovereign place, God takes you, it's a secret place. Devil loved to kill me. He just can't find me. Do you hear what I said? He'd love to kill me, but most of the time he can't find me. If he could found Elijah, he would have killed him. But he couldn't find him. You know why? Because God had taken Elijah and put him in a secret place. 
How many of you realize our world's going crazy? Amen. It's the craziest world I've ever seen in my life. And it's about to get crazier. You say, man, what are we going to do? I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to say, hey, God, put me in that secret place. Hide me in that secret place. The Bible says when my heart's overwhelmed, lead me to a rock that's higher than me. Amen. God says there's a secret place. The psalmist said there's a secret place. And it is, I love this. He said it is in the shadow of the Almighty. One of the greatest places that you can do. I, I don't know how to tell you this in, anymore. But what you ought to do. You know what you And I, I'm not going to illustrate. I thought about it. I thought about coming over here and jumping in Matthew's lap and just hugging him up. But then I thought, my Lord, he would just drop me. Do you know what? That's what we ought to do with God. You know what we ought to do this tonight? We ought to just run, jump up in his lap and just grab hold of him. You know what we're doing? One of the shadow of the Almighty. Satan could walk right by and say, have you seen so-and-so? Have you seen that crazy preacher? Have anybody seen him? And all the time he's in the shadow of the Almighty. The Bible says it's a secret place. You ought to learn that secret place. Amen. That secret place. Well, you've, I love it. It was a secret place. Man, it's, it's just so far. It's been good. I mean, bless God, you've got waiters. you you got water. you got... Steak and bread. <laughs> I don't know if they was yeast rolls or not, but I figure they taste like anything you want them to. And, and I mean, everything's good. It's a, it's a sovereign place. It is a secret place. I love this. It is a supplied place. Oh, my goodness. God didn't say, now, Elijah, I'm going to put you out there. Hey, here, son, here's your fishing pole. I hope you can catch you a minute or two so you don't starve to death. No. He said, don't miss this. And it shall be, thou shall drink by the brook. And I have, hold it, time out. There's an order came from the desk of glory. But it's not to men. It's not to angels. And all of a sudden, here comes a mailman. And he stops at the Ravens post office box. And drops off the letter. And he takes his beak and opens it. Stay with me now. And the daddy raven said, we've got a request from God. He wants us to go find some meat and bread for a preacher that's over there beside the brook. And he wants us to go feed him. Mama said, has you gone yet? Hey, stop. I'll get the youngins and the little ravens and we'll go help you. Because you see, the only things that disobeys the commandments of God is mankind. He said, I commanded the ravens. You say, how many was they? I don't know. 
I don't know. I, I, someone said, what do you reckon he brought him? I don't know. Like Chinese food, they might have served cat. You know, Japanese food, I ain't so sure. That some, I, I don't think you know what you eat. He might be like my grandfather. He goes to a neighbor's house one Sunday and she said, Floyd, how'd you like that possum we fixed today? He said he tried to puke and couldn't, so he decided, well, I'll just, he'll just stay down. I don't know what they fed him, but I don't want you to know this much. It's a supplied place. It's a supplied place. Oh, how much was in missions tonight? 1082, praise God. Supplied place. If you ever get a hold of this, it'll transform your life. You're not going to ever outgive God on anything. Well, if I had the liberty, I'd tell you a story, but you know what you'd do? He lied! He lied! I don't believe that! But I could prove every bit of it. But you wouldn't believe it. Tonight, it's a supply place. There is a place. And not all in it amazing. Not only was it a sovereign place, not only was it a secret place, but it's a supply place. Someone said, Boy, our economy's going down. I don't know what we're going to do. I was telling someone the other day when we, we just had a concrete slab here, walls up. In a roof on the building, no windows in it, no doors, no sheetrock, just bare walls. But the concrete was floored. I measured about where my pulpit is going to be. I stuck me up a little place right there. And I wanted to see what it would look like to, to look at you. And now that I can see... Anyway, let's move on. And uh, I, I, would, I, I, would, I would stand there and... Lost people come by and say, Wow, preacher, what God's doing around here. This is wonderful. Christians would come by. Honest, my Christian would come by and say, Preacher, you sure it's a good idea? The economy's pretty bad. <laughs> They'd have me a nervous wreck before they left. I, I got to, when I'd see them coming, I'd go hide. I'd say, I, I, I don't want to fight that today. You know why? Because there is a sovereign place, a secret place, and a supply place. George, I'm going to ask you a question. You better not lie. God lie will just get you big time. You're, how old are you, George? 81. He's 81. Has God ever failed to supply for you? No. Now, George, everybody's listening. Are you, you want to rethink that answer? Has God ever failed to supply for you? No. George, are you, are you sure about that? Sure. But you know what we're doing? Now, don't you listen to me. Here's what we're doing. We're trusting in our ability. We're trusting in what we can do. You know what we'd be doing? We'd be planting a garden over there beside the brook. I tell you, I'm going to starve death over here. Let's get, somebody got a piece of wood in the hole. We got to do something. We got to do something here. 
Because it's a supply place. Man, what a great, isn't it a great place? I said, isn't it a great place? Are you awake? And then God does something. <laughs> Remind me of Jaden not playing hide and seek. He's hiding. I'm in here. <laughs> here's what, here's what. All of a sudden, in the midst of this sovereign place, secret place, supply place, it becomes a seasonal place. And after a while, the brook dried up. He goes out there, perhaps he sees it happening. Perhaps he watches it every day as it trickles a little bit less and a little bit less and a little bit less. And all of a sudden, now he's in a very dry place. Now all of a sudden, now all of a sudden, he's in a place where it's dry. There's no water. If the ravens brought him food, I don't know if he could have gotten it down without some water. You got to have water. And now it becomes a very dry place. Now I'm going to help you tonight. I'm going give to you, give you three things God did in the dry place that when your dry, not if your dry place comes. Are you listening? Not if your dry place comes, but when your dry place comes. How many of you understand if you're going to be saved and trust Jesus, your dry place is going to come? How many understands that? Where God's not... Well, God's, God's going to take your shout. And God's going to put you in a place where you can't get a good holy grunt out. Because it's a dry place. God cut out all the, all the props underneath, everything you've been trusting in. God take everything that's underneath you. He can remove it in a heartbeat. And all of a sudden, you can find yourself. You begin to wonder, God, is there really a God in heaven? God, what are you doing to me? Why are you doing it? Why have I done, God? Why have I done? When the truth is, you probably had not done anything. God just has a dry place for you for a while. God's wanting to teach you something here. God's wanting to give you something. I am not one bit of, it doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me one bit. If you want to shout praise God, I am so glad you do. I think we do. I think our church needs to do a whole lot more of that. But I'm going to tell you this much. When you get in a dry place, don't you listen to me? I want to help you. When you get in that dry place, and all of the props just cut out from under you, and you don't know which way to go or turn, and there's no water in the brook, you, I'm going to tell you something. All the shouting in the world ain't going to help you. You got to have something. Tonight, God gives give him three things, and I want to give them to you. And I need you to really listen. We got some of you right now that I believe are in a dry place. And I believe some of them are, are heading to a dry place. You may not be there yet, but you're heading there. Because I, I, I tell you, you've been around here long enough, and I see this. So let me give you three things God did for him. Number one, God gave him a word. And it came to pass after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Now, verse number seven, don't miss this. In verse number 7, everything's complete. In verse number 7, his time 
after the book has ended. Verse number 7, everything's done there. Verse number 7, God's going to do something else. Verse number 7, the brook dries up. There's no water. It's a dry place. Notice what verse number 8 says. Notice, a new beginning. And the word of the Lord came unto him. Don't miss that saying. And the word of the Lord came to him. God brought him a word right in the middle of his dry place. Now, I need you to listen to me. Right here is where there are more casualties in the Christianity than you can shake a stick at. There's a whole lot of folks that used to serve God, used to be excited about God, are casualties. You know why? Because in the dry place, instead of waiting on a word from God, we got to do something. We got the water's dried up. We got to do something. The water's dried up. We got to do something. We got to do something. We got to do something. Even if it's wrong, we got to do something. Preacher, how do you know that? God knows I've done my share of it. I've done my share of it. Right there. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Stand still until you get a word. You trust yourself. I, I need to help you. I need to help you. Can't see it, some of you real good. So. Right here, the most damning thing your trust is your feelings. The most damning things you'll trust. Well, I feel, I feel, I feel. Shut up and wait for a word from God. Best illustration, I can give you this. About a month before I took this church, there's another church. You know exactly where the church is. Pastor, he took us to his house and we'd been hermits and winding they just good to us and, and wanted me to come and help him. But we was praying. They was excited. Everything was excited. Everything was everything looked good. Everything looked good. Everything looked good. We was almost ready to make a decision. But when I'd walk out in the backyard, I'd say, God, is that what you want me to do? And the heavens were brass. God wouldn't send a thing. So I had enough sense to tell that preacher, and I love him today. I said, son, I ain't doing nothing right now. I'm standing still. Two weeks later, they called me. said, would you come candidate for this church? I knew at that, I knew at that very moment, I just got a word from God. See, what you need to understand, in a dry place, in a dry place, 
There's no water there. So can you just imagine? It's just he, he might have even dug it out a little bit, maybe some water. And none of this dry. Right here, he got to wait on a word from the Lord. Verse number 7, everything finished. Verse number 8, a new beginning. Eight's a number, a new beginning. God done something else for him. I love this. I love this. God's got a word. Matthew 4, 4, and he, and he answered and said, and it is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Boy, folks, I believe folks become casualties at the dry place because they fail to wait on a word from the trust of feelings. The trust their own opinion. Well, I think. Don't you wait on a word from God? Someone said, Well, how will I know? God doesn't stutter. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not being unkind if you stutter. I'm just saying God doesn't. I'm not trying to make, make fun of you if you stutter. Bless your heart, but God doesn't. And if he's got enough to save you, he's got enough to say exactly what he wants to say to you. And he said a lot of them. He said, how do I know? You'll know. You'll know. Well, don't worry about it. You'll know. Second thing he gave him was this. He gave him a work. And that's what he said. Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I've commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. It was in the dryness that God prompted him to work. Now, now we got this backwards. I just hey, preacher, I'm, I, I'm just, I'm just a dry on God. I, I'm just a dry on God. I, I think about singing the choir, go to Sunday. I'm just, a, I'm just a dry on God. I can't do nothing. Now you don't voice that. But your action says that. God's second thing he done was, he said, hey, get up. And I want you to go to Zarephath. I got work for you to do. How many of you like it when the choir, they get up there, and you just watch them, and they start singing. And about that time, a hand goes up over here. And then a hand goes up over here. Then another hand goes up over here. And all of a sudden, God squeezes the heart and the eye starts leaking up there. How many of you like it when you see all of that? And boy, I'm going to tell you, isn't it good? Boy, I'm going to tell you, God's a moving. I want to ask you a question, though. I want to ask you a question. Can you still do that in a dry spell? In a dry place? When the truth of the matter is... You're not sure you can even sing the songs. Truth is, you're just not even sure that you can get it out. You're in a dry place. You know what God said I want you to do? God said I want you to get that song book. And he said I want you to just... Because He lives. You say, I don't feel it. You don't have to. Sing it. Sing it. Preacher, I don't think I can get the words. Ad-lib it. Move your lips. We ain't going to know any difference. 
Somebody behind you will be so much louder, they ain't hearing you no how. What I want you to understand is this. What God tells us in a dry place is, keep working, keep moving, keep doing what you know is right. Elijah, get up and go to Zarephath. I've got a work for you to do. And when he said, now, when you get there, he said, I commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. From the desk of an almighty God, he sends out another letter. This time he sends it to somebody who's got a pile of money and, and got the means. No, he sends it to a widow woman's house. She gets a letter, says, I'm sending a preacher to you. And I want you to take care of him, God. He's going thinking that she's going to take care of him. And so he goes. God had to work for him to do. Many times, God's dry places are there so you and I will quit, stop getting his glory. And he gets all the glory. Tonight, do you want God's will? Does God, when God makes where you work a dry place? Woo, I'm so happy to be here. Till that thing goes crazy. Man, if I find me another job, bless God, I'd be gone tomorrow. If I just need me another job, I can't handle this. I need me another job. I got to get out of here. Does your dry place, it may very well be in your dry place that God has got, is reminding you, I gave you that place. It's a sovereign place, secret place, a supply. I gave you that place because I want to do something for you there. Jeremiah 18, to arise and go down to the potter's house. And there, and there I caused thee to hear my words. Amy Carmichael was a, was a little girl. She, she wanted God to use her. But from the time she was a little girl, she had the brownest eyes. By the way, I like brown eyes. I like people with brown eyes. She wanted blue eyes. She would, beg, she would pray and fast that God would change the color of her eyes to blue. As she grew, she went on a mission trip. And she got burdened. She got burdened in Africa to the children that were being sold into slavery and sex trade and all this kind of stuff. So it, it became part of her life to go in and rescue them. So here's what she would do. She would take and put her head up. She would bound up her She dyed her hair. She literally sprayed her body to where she would be really dark colored skin to where they would not recognize so she could work behind the secret, snatching these girls and protecting them and these children doing what she could. One day they had a raid. She's standing there and everybody's looking. One of the soldiers, how do we know who's the enemy? And the man said, go look in their eyes. They got blue eyes, they're the enemy. 
If they got brown eyes, they're one of us. They all went through. They come to her, and they just kept on going. You know why? Because she had brown eyes. At that moment, at that moment, she knew why God had given her brown eyes instead of blue eyes. But see, she prayed. She always wanted them. Hear this that tonight. In the middle of your dry place, you got to keep working. You got to keep wait on a work, a word from God. While you're waiting on a word from God, singing the choir. I can't sing. Oh yes, you can. Da 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 da. Yeah, you can do it. Yeah, you can do it. Yeah, you can do it. Teach your class. Be in your place. Be faithful. Do, your, do, do all you can. Second, third thing God gave him. And oh, I don't know if this may be the biggest thing. God gave him not only a word. God gave him a work. But God gave him a widow. What in God's name is he going to do with a widow? He gets there. She's out in the yard. She's picking up a handful of sticks. Her countenance tells him she's destitute, she's poor, she's broken. Ma'am, could you get me some water? Which is the most amazing thing. She had water in that something. Nobody else had water. Ma'am, why are you going? Could you fix me a little cake, which would have been not much, not much bigger than a, like a cornbread muffin. It wouldn't have been very large. And she turns. And she says, sir, I've got a little bit of meal, a little bit of oil. You see these sticks? Someone make me and my son one more cake. Then we're going to sit down and we're going to die. Don't kid yourself. That mama was making that boy one. And she would watch. She would not have eaten her part. I guarantee you that. Make mine first. Make mine first. Now I know the news media wasn't there. Because had the news media been there, they would have said something like this. Baptist preacher takes the last meal and oil from a, from a widow woman. Back to you now. That's what he was saying. And he said, make mine first. And what happened? He thought she was there to take care of him. He didn't know. He was there. To show her a God that would take care of her. Well, preach, I'm so dry! Could you forget about your stinking self long enough to realize there's somebody down the road that needs what you have? Can you forget about yourself enough to realize there's somebody down the road that's got a little bit worse than you do. There's somebody who hurts a little bit more than you do. 
There's somebody struggling a little bit more than you do. There's somebody, there's somebody that, 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 that's, that, that's got it much more challenging than you do. And we find that God in His midst, in His dry place, He said, He tells her, He said, He's thinking, she'll take care of me. But when He gets out, the story's all different. Because when He gets there, He gets His, sits down, the little boy's sitting there, his mouth's watering, he's starving. He said, Ma'am, won't you go make the boy a cake? Sir, I guess you heard me. I told you. The last meal and the last all. Ma'am, would you go look again? She goes, look. And all of a sudden, she comes out with a smile, and she's got a cake for the boy. And he sits down, and he starts eating. And he said, ma'am, won't you go make one? Now, sir, maybe you did. Maybe I overlooked it the first time. Maybe I didn't look good. Maybe I've been crying all day. Maybe, maybe my eyes were swollen. Maybe I didn't look good. But I'm telling you, it's anything. She said, go look again. She goes again. This time, she's coming out. Her, she's, she's smiling. Her countenance is lifted. He said, sir, I can't explain it. Tells us enough. And I, see, some of you, now I want to admit, I've heard preachers preach this. Someone said, man, when I a bow overflowed with, with, with meal and oil, I, I don't believe that. You know what I believe she did? I believe she scraped the bottom every single day. Yeah. Put out the last bit every single day. You know why? Because God wanted her to know He's in charge of this. He's the one doing it. He's the one in the midst of your dry place that you need to trust in. Tonight, when you're in the midst of the dry place, some of you are going through a dry place. Chaplain Robinson, I got to quit. Told a story about his grandmother, 1949. His father had just returned from World War II. And uh, it was very common to see American soldiers on the road thumbing home, hitchhiking home. But on this particular reunion, his grandmother got sick. And they took her to the hospital. Doctor came in and said, Listen, Said, your, your mother, sir, and uh, this man's grandmother, he said, said she needs AB negative blood. And he said, number one, it's almost impossible to find. Number two, if she doesn't have it by morning, she's going to die. He gets in his car to go get all the kids to take them back down to the hospital. He's going to take them back down to the hospital and get all the family so they can all say their last goodbyes. And as he goes, as he goes, he's crying, he's broken. He sees a soldier. And he told himself, he said, I don't even know why I stopped. But he said, I chose to stop. Man gets in, he said, I don't even know his name. And said, he looked and said, sir, what's wrong? He said, well, my mom's dying and said, they told me if we shouldn't get some AB negative blood by morning, she'll die and I'm just going to get all the family. We're going to go back and tell her, bye. The car goes silent. 
And all of a sudden, the man starts digging around in his shirt and pulls out these dog chains, these labels on dog chains. Huh? Dog tags. Dog tags. And uh, on that, he, he just looked at it, just showed it to him. And on that dog tag, it had A.B. needed blood. I didn't know they put the blood top on him. But he said this. He said, sir, if you'll turn around, take me to the hospital, I'll give your mom whatever blood she needs. And he turned around and went back to the hospital. And the next day was a great day of celebration. And a soldier left. She lived 47 years in the midst of his dry place. God sent that soldier. He didn't even know his name. He's never, he never did find out who he was. Because you see, the place here become for Elijah another place where God would display his greatness. See, in the dry place, what did I make a mistake? Man, I miss it. Did I miss God here? Now, what, have I, what have I done wrong? What have I done this? Well, did I do something? Oh, no, no. I just done none of those things. He's in a dry place because God's got a work for him, a work for him, and he's got a widow down in path that he won't stay up. Tonight, are you in a dry place? Years ago, a package was sent from England to South Africa. The man received the package but refused to pay the delivery charges. For 14 years, that box was used as a footstool in the post office. The man finally died and the box was auctioned off with other boxes. A curious man bid on the box at a low price of $1. When he opened it, he found it was filled with thousands of pounds of English banknotes. Because of his unwillingness to sacrifice a little, the man who was supposed to get that package missed out on a great blessing and a great fortune. I wonder tonight if your unwillingness to be obedient to God will not rob you right in the middle of your dry place. But tonight, if God's nudged your heart, maybe you need a word. Come and ask Him. More than once. More than once. Nobody here. I've come and thrown my hands up saying, God, I don't have no idea what to do. I need a word. I need a word. And you know what? He's never failed to give a word. He's never failed. Maybe you just need to get back to work. Maybe you just need to get back into choir. Maybe you just need to get back being busy. We know what's true. The Bible says, the Bible says, idle hands is Satan's workshop. How true that is. Maybe you just need to get busy. Maybe tonight. Maybe there's a widow. Maybe there's someone. God wants you to be a blessing. Let's all stand to our feet.
Every head bowed and every eye closed. Would you obey the Lord tonight?